Hey guys, I'm Taylor Rooks. Hi, I'm Joy Taylor. Hey, what's going on? Ari Chambers, check it in. Hey, I'm Lauren A. Jones. Hey, this is Jesse Washington, and I am on screen. And I'm on screen. And I'm on screen. And I'm on screen. And I am on screen with East Lurie. So, Joy, thank you so much for coming to be on screen with East Lorene. Um, of course, you know, you grew up in Pittsburgh, had a huge sports family. Your brother played for the Dolphins, and sports just runs through your blood. And some, like, where along the way, you said, you know what, hey, I want to be involved in sports media. Specifically, I want to be in radio. Matter of fact, I want to be the Howard Stern of sports. So what was it about? radio specifically that attracted you um let me turn this down real quick <laughs> right um well thank you for having me first of all uh radio always attracted me well for one you know obviously howard stern is the the king of media and i also just you know grew up listening to the radio and listening to you know local shows and i always thought it was really cool how radio shows can can bring you in the room from, you know, no matter where you are. And, you know, even before television became a mainstream th stream thing, people would listen to stories on the radio. And that's, you know, that was the nightly entertainment was you, you know, you turn on the radio and listen to stories. So I always thought that radio was the original, you know, way of communicating that brought people into a room that weren't there. And it gave you an opportunity to be long form and talk. So you could really flesh out your personality and really become a part of you know, people's routine. And so that's what radio always attracted me because I like to talk and, you know, and I like to talk about sports, but when you cover sports, um, you know, either sideline reporting or sometimes in studio, you have a, a more of a limited time to talk because TV is more restrictive. Obviously you have commercial hits that are, you really have to hard hit and fit in. You have to fit in commercial breaks, obviously in radio too, but it's a lot more flexible. So radio always attracted me because of that, because it gives you opportunity to not only create an environment that makes people feel like they're a part of what you're doing, but also you can talk and really be a personality. And like during your time at Barry University, um, you like were grinding hard, you know, you had like you had your own show, radio show with tickets and two jobs and an internship. So how did that grind kind of transform, transfer over to like your career that you have now today? Well, you know, I think in the business, in this business, most people have more than one gig. Even if you work for one particular network, you're usually working on a couple different shows or you're keeping kind of crazy hours. So I think, um, you know, grinding early in the business when you start really prepares you for the, the workload that you're going to have. Very rarely are you going to do you know, a half an hour show or, you know, and even that you still have a lot of prep and, and work that goes into putting together that show. But generally you're going to keep kind of crazy hours. It's, um, you're going to work multiple things. Like even Colin, Colin does, you know, our show five days a week. He also does a podcast on the weekends and he also does the Sunday show during football season. So, you know, he's really working all the time. And, you know, I have the herd five days a week with Colin. And then I have my podcast on Tuesdays. I have Thursday night football with prime video, you know, so all of us for the most part are working multiple jobs or doing multiple things throughout our career. So it really does help prepare you 
for what your career is going to be, even as you grow. Um, it just, you know, puts in a work ethic if you don't already have one um, to, to be able to juggle multiple things and multitask and just, you know, be actively involved in some part of the business every day. And so, of course, I want to touch back, um, touch base back on like the herd. And so, like, what has the experience been like? You know, partnering with Colin and just having daytime radio experience and having like a co-host with such strong opinions. Like, how has that been for you? <laughs> it's been great because you know, radio is how I started, as we mentioned. So I'm I'm used to sharing my opinion every day. Uh, you know, when I did radio in Miami, I didn't always agree with my co-host. Um, but that's, that's what makes it fun. You know, we love to, to argue or debate, whatever you want to call it, about sports. Everyone, even if you're agreeing about something, you probably have a different angle on it. You probably want your team to do something different than the rest of the fan base wants, you know, the team to do. So, you know, it's always a, a back and forth. So it doesn't, doesn't bother me to be around, um, you know, talent that has strong opinions because I have strong opinions. So, um, I, I can handle that. And sometimes I agree, sometimes I, you know, I disagree, but that's fine. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. So Colin's the best in the business at, at what he does is, you know, we do a five day a week, three hour simulcast, which is uh, a big undertaking, but it's a lot of fun. And um, we've, we've had an amazing time this year. Obviously we've dealt with some pretty interesting challenges with COVID as everyone has. But we've also learned some things about the show that are that are kind of cool. So it's it's been a great experience. And so, of course, like as your other platforms that you mentioned, you have like Maybe I'm Crazy podcast and you even have like your own YouTube channel, um, Joy Taylor Talks. And what I really love about your brand is that you not only stick to sports, but you try to incorporate, you know, politics. You're outspoken about politics and with your YouTube, you talk about Ding as well. And like has that been difficult for you when your brand like original brand is so submerged um in sports yeah i think it can be but sports really sports is a part of so many different parts of society you know it's such a big part of our lives and i think that we learned that this year not having sports for five months like how much a part of our routine even if you're a casual sports fan how it affects what you do every day like i mean there was there's just like nothing live on television to watch besides the news. Like it really, after a while, it kind of, I think it, everyone realized like how much sports affects, you know, your routine and dating. And obviously this year, sports played a major role in us, you know, learning how we can possibly manage COVID. And they were at the forefront of all these very difficult conversations we were having about race in this country. So, yeah, I mean, it, it can be difficult, but I think sports plays such a, a big role in society that I've found, you know, we talk about so many other cultural things when we are talking about sports that it's, it's not hard to make the crossover. And so I also want to talk about like the stigma, of course, being a woman within this industry. And I feel like it's a stigma that's slowly um, but surely changing. And of course, recently you saw the like Kim Aang, who became like the first female general manager within Major League Baseball for the Miami Marlins and also the first like Asian American general um, manager. And so slowly and like progressively, we are seeing glass ceilings being broken. So what are some other glass ceilings that you would like to see broken within this industry by women? Well, you know, I think, I think things are changing, but, you know, we still have a lot of firsts that 
we need to see happen. You know, I, I would love to see a female head coach in one of the major, you know, four sports leagues um, in this country. I think that's coming, but it's still, you know, there's still, there's women who are qualified, obviously, but um, as we saw with, with Kim, you know, she has 30 years of experience and is now just getting her, you know, first opportunity as a GM. She's obviously overqualified for that position. And because she's so overqualified, you know, I think that will add to her success because she, she knows what she's doing. But, you know, unfortunately for women, we have to be so much better and have to be earlier and have to be stronger and smarter and ahead of the game in every aspect just to get that one opportunity. Um, and then, you know, once that's shattered and, and then it's, you know, the responsibility of that first woman to do so well so that it, the next woman can come along. So I do think that there are some, you know, some more ceilings to be shattered. It's slowly, slowly happening. Um, you know, I think the first step is that people who are in charge need to stop looking at these jobs as, you know, a, a, or, and humans, you know, as women and men, and, you know, just examine who would be best for the job. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big step that has to happen, but I'm, I was happy to see it. I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with the Marlins, who I always root for, obviously, having worked in Miami and covered them. Um, but we'll see, you know, I think, uh, I think we're trending in the right direction. We still have some major, major work to do though. And like, as you had mentioned before, um, and I see you, well, I hear you give this advice a lot where you say, you know, you need to be 10 times better, much better than you think you need to be. So can you tell me about a time where you really like understood the significance of that statement? Yeah, um, when I was working in Miami really early in the business, um, I had been, I had been at a position for probably about a year or so. Um, and I was working multiple jobs as a talent um, writer, producer. So I was really qualified for a, a task at the station that I was at. And I had to do it because the person who was out could, was out sick or whatever. So I had to fill in and do this particular job. And so I did it and it was, obviously fine because I was qualified to do it and then the next week the person was out again and uh so I so I did it again and then my boss this time ran in and was like freaking out that I had done it and was like who told you to do this and I was like you did <laughs> on Friday um and it was like a whole thing and then I was told like I wasn't going to be able to do this job um for like another six months or something, even though I had, I had just done it all day on Friday and no one even noticed because it was like, obviously I could do it. Um, and then was asked to do it again on Monday by the host of the show. So like, obviously I could do it. So I was like, I'm confused. Like you asked me to do it and then I did it two days and now you're telling me I'm not gonna be good enough to do it for another six months. Meanwhile, the people that do this are, don't even have the experience that I have to do this. Um, so it was just kind of eye-opening for me, like, okay, so one, I need to be somewhere or try to be somewhere where people see the vision that I have for my career and understand what I'm trying to do. And sometimes you can't always do that. It's like, sometimes you just have bosses that don't understand and you have to push through and, you know, keep working. And, 
hopefully eventually they do see it or they move on or you move on. But in this case, I moved on somewhere else. But also I realized like if I'm going to get opportunities like this, I really have to be so blatantly obviously better than the people that are doing the jobs that I want so that there can never be any question of like, no, she can do this job. And so that was a big eye opener for me that it's, it can never be run to question that, that I'm qualified to do what I do or that I'm good at what I do. And, and, you know, sometimes it's really exhausting. It is. Um, and it's, it can be discouraging because you know that you can do it and that you would be great at it. And there are other people that can see that as well. And you don't get the opportunity, but you just have to be, you just have to be resilient and it's, um, it's, it, it can be discouraging at times, but that's why it's important to have a good group of people around you that support you and don't let you get too down about the situation and what may be happening. And if you, and you will eventually be so good that you can't be denied. That's very true. I realized like it was a point you had made. Um, I forgot exactly who you were talking to, but you had said that uh, when you look at the crowd in sports games, um, in the stadium, it's like, it's not just men. <laughs> Every other fan is like a woman. Like, who else do you think is there? So it's just crazy how the stigma has just been so implanted in our brains for a long time. But of course, like women like you, you know, you're constantly progressing, constantly um, challenging the status quo. And I had also um, saw another quote that you had learned. You said that you, someone had given you a piece of advice and to always put your all, all of your effort into everything that you do. So what are you like putting your effort forward into most now? And like, where do you see yourself um, within the next coming years? Well, right now I'm just trying to put all my energy and effort into doing, you know, the best content and staying, you know, vigilant with what I'm working on at the moment. Um, uh, you know, whenever you want to get somewhere, you have to put all your, your energy into it, which is, which is the advice that I got. And it can be difficult now, you know, because we have a lot going on, obviously. And so it can be very draining and, you know, you're distracted. But if you really want something, putting all your energy into it is really the only way to do it. So hopefully, um, I mean, this it is paying off. Um, you know, there are, there are things happening that show that, you know, the work that I've been doing is, is right and I'm headed in the right direction. So, you know, my ultimate goal here in LA is to, to have my own show eventually so hopefully that is that is down the road for me and um then after that you know eventually want to have my own network and be able to give other people opportunities as well so that's what i'm working towards and always putting my energy towards so um god willing <laughs> i believe it will happen i believe it will happen <laughs> um so lastly i do want to ask how has your retirement been um from troll swing like have you feel more at peace like how has things been for you? <laughs> um, it has, you know, it's, it's, uh, I like to call it a Jay-Z retirement, you know, it's like a Conor McGregor retirement. So I, I don't like to put it, make anything too permanent, but you know, it was just got to a point really where I was like, you know what, these people are really dumb and they're wasting my time because every once in a while I would, I, f I felt like I would get through to someone, you know, and if it's like just one person, then I feel like that's a win. You know, that's, that's, that's all, that's all God wants from us, right? Every day <laughs> to touch one person. So I felt, but like, it just got so overwhelming. Like there's so much going on and everybody is so divided right now. 
and nobody wants to listen to anything and nobody wants to be reasonable and no one wants to hear facts and nothing matters. So I was like, you know what? I just don't, I'm above this. And um, so I'm just, I'm just going to remove myself from this right now because while everyone does appreciate uh, the good, the good work that I had done slaying, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to just pass the baton for a little while uh, and take a break and enjoy my headspace away from this. And it really wasn't that, you know, people would get to me because I really don't care like about the opinion of the internet um, in general, because these people would never say this to your face. And that's like, that's something to remember about what people say on the internet It's like, for the most part, 99.9% .9 of these people would never dare say any of these things to your face, period. And if they would, they'd find some way to say it that was nicer than the way that they're saying it, even if they did disagree with you. But people don't know how to talk to other people. And there's just this invisible wall of, you know, internet uh, anonymous nature that, that makes people feel empowered to just be mean. Like I was thinking about it the other day, like I have never, you know, I'm normal. If I don't like something, I just tell someone like, I don't like that, you know, in a nice way, obviously if it's my friend, but if it's like someone I don't know, like I've never been bothered enough to like, tweet at somebody or something you know yeah um not that i remember so i just think it's just such a weird uh it's a weird lifestyle but a lot of people do it and hopefully eventually it will change but i doubt it because it seems like this is here to stay and it's part of, it's part of being in the public eye you know it comes with it everybody who gives their opinion is going to have people fire back at them I don't mind the interaction. It's more when people get into a, to a trolling space, which everybody knows that there's a, there's a difference. So, um, yeah, it's been nice, been nice retirement. You know, we got a lot to focus on right now. So worry about what Twitter has to say is not one of those things. So it's been nice. I'm not minding it. I'm not bothering it at all. And I really just, I posted today. I was like, I'm, it's still blocking season just so mm -hmm. everyone knows. Cause I think people are getting a little bit they forgot that I had said this. Um, this also applies to Instagram. I will block you so fast. And uh, people feel weird about blocking. Like some people like to mute people. But I've muted people too. Because um, then it doesn't give people the satisfaction. Like, oh, I got blocked by them. But I just really don't care. Like if, you, if your goal was to get blocked by me, like congratulations. Um, like feather in your hat. You'll, I'll never hear from you again. Because I do not unblock people. So if that was important to you. Um, I guess. Great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will, I will block someone with the quickness. I have no problem. It's funny. Carmen had posted a quote recently. She was like, blocking is actually a form of self-care. So <laughs> whatever you have to do to take care of yourself. Yep. It's actually funny looking at the situation because I believe it was over Justin Turner, correct? And his whole, like, getting tested with COVID, like, you're arguing about people's lives, which is a logic concept but i forgot one dude that was trying to come for you he was like but you were just out in covid he was like no stupid if you just read then you will understand what i'm trying to say here but oh yeah no he went back um he tried to post a picture uh, or yeah he's posted a screenshot of a video that i had posted in august um <laughs> but the, the the caption clearly says if you can read um, <laughs> that these are, I'm, I'm reminiscing on times before COVID because the video was from New Year's of this year when obviously we were not going through all of this. Um, but yeah, so like that's the type of stuff, like that's really stupid, sir, you're very dumb. Cause all you had to do was read and you would know that this is not 
you, you didn't get anybody. Because <laughs> um, one thing I'm not going to do is be a hypocrite. So, you know, we're all managing this together and we're all finding ways to deal with this mentally, emotionally, physically, and try and do our best. Some of us, I shouldn't say all, some of us are trying to do our best and none of us are perfect and we're not shut down. Like we're all living our lives. To be responsible for other people is a concept that is obviously completely lost on most of our country right now, which is very disappointing, but it's also why we are where we are. Like all the experts are saying it, so that's what it is. Um, but again, like, you know, can't be reasonable with people. So yes, yeah, sometimes it's best. It is a form of self-care to not argue with someone that is too stupid to read the caption on your Instagram posts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I hope you continue to practice self-care moving forward. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you again. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you're doing well. Hopefully we can meet up again um, at NABJ next year.